Hi, welcome back to the Louise Hunting Strategies Podcast. Uh, I'm Levi, I'm Wes, and this week we're going to be talking about hunting rules, laws, regulations, and how conservationism got started, or conservation itself. Uh, there's, there's a lot of cool points today. Uh, I tell you what, I did a lot of research this week. Same. I didn't, actually, never really knew how like the Boone, uh, the Boone and Crockett Club, you know how that got started. By yep. Theodore Roosevelt and uh, George Bird Grinnell in 1887, and they're one of the biggest factors towards conservationism in the United States. Uh, and then also John Murr and the Sierra Club, they were also part of the reason that, uh, what was that, the, the Wildlife Restoration Act? Yep. What, what, what's that also known as? Was that the Pittman-Robertson Act, Pittman-Robertson, right? yeah. A bunch of stuff on that, too. Yeah, what what do you got on that? Uh, they were created. Actually, they were created in 1937. Um, they've raised around eight million dollars from firearms and ammunition sales, and actually, how much? Uh, eight million. Eight million dollars for uh, firearms and ammunition sale, and certain art five million dollars from certain archery equipment that they tax as well. Isn't uh, doesn't clothing also have something to do with that? I didn't see anything on clothing, but it might. I always thought that, like, uh, when you went out and bought camo from like Cabela's, a place that, right? Well, what is that now? Bass Pro Shop, Bass Pro, yeah, yeah. I, th- I always heard that part of that goes towards the DNR, yeah, like land access initiative, initiative, and stuff like that. You got anything else on that one? Um, let's see, actually, most. Most money raised from Pittman Robson isn't even from hunters. It's non-hunters. Really? Buying firearms, ammunition. So people that just like to go out plinking or competition shooting without you knowing, you know, you're helping hunters and wildlife out without even knowing it. And that's, man, wasn't that, wasn't there a quote that you said that Theodore Roosevelt had? Yeah. Let's hold up here. Yeah, and and what he said is absolutely 100% true. Yeah, I was going to just kind of summarize it. I'll just read the whole thing. He said, in civilized and cultivated country, wild animals only continue to exist at all when preserved by sportsmen. The excellent people who protest against all hunting and consider sportsmen enemies of wildlife are ignorant of the fact that reality, the genuine sportsman, is called by all odds the most important factor in keeping the larger and more valuable wild creatures from a total extinction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, without having all these WMAs, uh, wildlife management areas, without having all these WMAs, I mean, people would just be free to <laughs> go through and yep. just, um, and nothing against farmers at all. I mean, no farming is extremely important, but they get in there and whatever you didn't have as a wildlife management area yep. probably end up getting bulldozed and turn into a cornfield. Pretty Which, much. Very important as well. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, I, I absolutely. Mean, love farmers, best friends of farmer. I'm just saying that without without Theodore Roosevelt and George Grinnell and that John Murr, yep. I mean, there wouldn't be what we have. No. Um, I would say Theodore Roosevelt is probably the leading factor of what we have today. Absolutely. He realized, you know, hunting too much. He so. was He was the main pioneer. Yep. There you go. That's where I was looking for, Pioneer. Um, and then uh, one really uh, really cool fact I 
found because I, I actually have always wondered uh, when hunting laws got started, when everything was implemented. Yep. I found out that by 1880, every single state had hunting Oops. laws and regulations. Yep. It was mainly just, you know, here, buy a tag or whatever, yep. or it was, it was bag limits. But then they found out, you know, the conservationist DNR were finding out that people weren't following the rules and regulations. Yep. And I believe that is why they started the, uh, that Pittman Wilds. Pittman Robinson. Yeah. Cause that also feeds into paying the uh, game wardens. Yep. And you know, with more funding, you can get more people. Yep. And, and it also funds, uh, like hunter education systems as well. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's neat. Yep. Actually the, I found, on actually April 30th, 1864 was the first date for hunting and licensing fees was established. Oh, really? Yep. That's cool. Yep. Um, and I wanted to bring this up too. The first game wardens were in 1850. Oh, no. That shit. was in Maine. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I would have never guessed it, but it kind of no. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it started like Maine and Washington and stuff too. I was reading it all started up that way and just kind of work its way across right so um and then i also found that uh this isn't just a hunting podcast this is also fishing yep uh so in 1842 the united states implemented laws that no one could own waterways or you know yep. any rivers creeks anything like that even if it goes through your property you do not own that nope so that you own up to the shoreline. That's it. Yep. And I think it, and that honestly is extremely important because now people can't just dam them up and do whatever the hell they right. want with them. They can't destroy them. Can't move waterways. Yep. Uh, God dang, I should have wrote that down. That? Who was the federal government against somebody in, in 1842? Yeah. He was, I don't remember what he was trying to do exactly, but I believe he was trying to move the waterway and the federal government found out somehow. And yeah. They got in there and stopped it right away. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. I got, speaking of fishing, I got uh, the Dingle and Johnson Act of 1950. The what? Dingle and Johnson Act, 1950. The Dingle and Johnson Dingle Act. and Johnson, yep. <laughs> it's a great name, actually. But, <laughs> but that was, it's kind of like the Pittman Robinson. You know, they, they started putting uh, implemented taxes on, like, fishing supplies and, um, stuff like that and they've also put a 10 percent tax on like um marine fuel that helps like fishing accesses and help keep boundary waters and everything cleared you said marine fuel marine fuel yeah boat fuel i think it's just it didn't really say but i'm guessing it's just water sold like from docks and stuff oh, oh fuel sold from docks okay yeah, i see yeah yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah i guess i could see that Actually, since fishing laws, I was reading too, has been established, there has not been an, a fish species that has gone extinct. Really? Yep. Wow. Yep. I know which one I want to go extinct. Yeah. Well, that freaking Asian carp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't not, want it to, but I don't want it to be in the Mississippi like it is. Yeah. It's kind of annoying catching them all the time, but you know, like, I guess since they've been introduced, it's kind of, they serve their purpose now too for like gar and stuff like that for eating those are the ones that jump aren't they i think so i don't think we have any up this way uh, i don't I, think they can I, get i 
think I think they're down more by St. Louis. Yeah, I don't think they get dams. past. Yeah, yeah, because after St. Louis, there's no more dams. It's wide open. Yeah. Never really went down that way on the river. No, not at all. I haven't really been past on the river anyway, past like Savannah. That's uh, really about it. I think I've been down to like Clinton. Yeah. Like on the river on a boat. Yeah. Um, but, excuse me. Uh, so I also found out Aldo Leopold was born. He's a Iowa native. And he was one of the people that helped in creating the first national forest called the Gila National Forest that is in New Mexico in 1942. Oh, nice. And uh, another fun thing about Iowa, uh, at the Iowa State Colleges had a direct role in imp- implementing programs like the duck stamp for funding towards wildlife management areas, federal government. Um, and they also, they also had a, a role in being able to hunt public, uh, public hunting areas, yeah. you know, WMAs, uh, and federal government owned land, like national forests, like how sure. we were in the black Hills. Yep. Yep. That was direct, directly from them. Okay. And I was, I actually thought that was pretty cool. Cause I mean, you know, you from think Iowa, Iowa. So. yeah, yeah. Gotta be proud of Iowa. Absolutely. Know. I love this place. Yeah. I wouldn't, wouldn't change a thing around here anyway. You know, and sometimes you ever look at the rules, you know, and, just think, dang, I don't understand. Why, why is this written down like this? Yes, it's some of them actually just seem kind of seem like they contradict themselves. Yeah. Well, you know? weren't we talking the other day about the deer tags? Yeah, this year they actually implemented in Iowa what you got to measure the main beam now. Yeah, I mean, but there's nothing wrong with that. No, they're just they're trying to get aged more, aged bucks. Yeah, they're trying to get a better rep, you know, better representation or yeah. I think study i guess yeah i was talking to a guy the other day about it i don't know if you were there or not but he actually had a better idea of that instead of aging it by the measuring the main beam why not their teeth their teeth are gonna get you're gonna be able to age them better by their teeth being ground down yeah yeah i could you know it's not a bad idea but at that point you would have to they would have to set up check stations you have to pull the teeth or take your deer in so it yeah. might be a little bit more of a pain, but yeah, because yeah. you can have, I'm sure they're out there like a three-year-old that could be, you know, 180 inches that could get, you know, considered five, six-year-old deer. What? An offense? Yeah. Yeah. Probably <laughs> an offense. But yeah, you never know. There's, you know, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, I also uh, kind of want to bring up some dove hunting stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. We were out dove hunting yesterday and. We didn't really have a whole lot of luck. Seen a few of yeah, them and got a few shots fired off. Yeah. Well, you know how them pesky doves are. Yeah. Super fast. Super fast and they fly weird. Yep. Either that or we were just terrible shots. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that too. You're a lot better <laughs> than I am, but <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, but then I went out this morning as well. Yeah. Got nothing. Yeah. I seen one bird. I and I only went out for a quick hour. Yeah. Us we met up at uh, eight o'clock on today, yep. and uh, I went out, got up at four thirty for some dumb reason, and decided, well, I might as well go out hunting. So I took an hour this morning and went out and gave it a try. And oh man, you know, since we're talking about wildlife management areas, yep. I tell you what, 
as awesome as they are, people pick up your trash. Absolutely. It's super annoying and super disrespectful. If you take it in, you take it out. Oh man. Even I, shell casings, you know, like last year we went up dove hunting. There was probably what, at least over a hundred shell casings just laying around that sunflower seed field. I don't quite remember. Up on uh top of Green Island out there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yep. yeah. I mean I'm guilty of leaving a few shells here and there. Right. But, but I try to pick them up. Yeah. I, but I mean, like today, I walked out there. I probably found three water bottles. I believe it. Seriously, pick pick up your shit. Yep. You know, they're doing this for you. Yep. The least you could do is clean up after yourself. You know, always always leave a place better than what you found it. Absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah. upsets me seeing people do that. Yeah. But anyways, I was gonna say something else. Oh yeah. What uh. Yesterday when we were out too, you saw your first bobcat in the wild. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah, we we're probably what seventy yards from us, just trotting along. <sighs> Might have been even closer. It was yeah, close. It was close, but that was pretty cool. Yeah. Wes goes, "There's a dog." I'm like that ain't no dog. And I was like, "Oh, it's a bobcat." And Levi's eyes got about as big as a silver dollar, <laughs> just kind of staring at it all in awe. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I love that. It's cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat that they're coming back in this area. Yeah, it is. I see it more and more. I bet he gets a lot of free meals out there. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> well because i'm tall just grass. saying because sometimes them doves are hard to find if you don't got a dog yeah, especially if you're tall grass you're just you're not going to find them well and that's one thing i have on here in my notes is uh try to stay away from bean fields yeah I, when i hunt near bean fields i have no m- luck almost no luck finding them yeah so i just i mean yeah you can hunt near them but i would say don't don't be hunting in them i mean you're gonna lose tons of birds yeah and maybe people are better have better eyesight than I do. It's yeah. not very hard. Yeah, kind of blind. Terrible eyesight. Same. But uh, either way, no. Uh, I wanted to bring up scouting as well. Yeah. What I do is I just go drive. I go drive down roads and see them on power lines. And okay, well, this looks like a good huntable area. And right. Just kind of. That's basically all I do. Yeah. Or I'll walk out into a couple fields here and there, and right. I kick you up. Well, all right. Well, there's doves here. Yep. And. uh Look near quarries, go to chopped fields, like chopped corn. Those are good places to look, great places to hunt. Mm-hmm. I love hunting in a chopped corn field. Yeah. Yeah, I've done it quite a bit. And a lot of luck. out. Yeah. And say, I just started with you dove hunting two years ago, so it's, it's pretty decent. Uh, but, you know, one thing about dove hunting, too, it's so comfortable. Yeah. It's not freezing cold. Yeah. It's not stupid hot. Yeah, well... This weekend's going to be, but, you know, it'll start cooling off. I hope so. Man, yeah. it's been... Ah, we had the what? weather has been amazing. Yeah. Last Wednesday, what, we had 105, so... Mm. It, was, it was a little intense. It was intense. Not like camping, either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know, it's just... Man, it's so nice to get out there. I found myself yep. just smiling all day oh, yesterday yeah. after we got out there. Yep. Same, been too long. It's the best part of the year, actually. The just opened what September first, so it's been open for a couple of days now. But it's just, it's just nice to get back in the outdoors. Yeah, it is. I get, not gonna lie, I get a little, a little depressed during the summer, not being able to, you know, you go fishing every once in a while, but it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I go fishing a lot. I mean, I got my own. Pond. Yeah, you got, you got your own little private pond there, but guaranteed you know. to catch a fish. I yep. tell you that much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was actually just talking to a guy last night about that. Yeah, about uh, 
coming out and catching a bunch of bluegill. He's going to yeah. get into a flathead tournament. Oh, nice. Oh, the one down here Doug Grable's putting on? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I told him, take a couple five-gallon buckets if you want. Yep. I don't care. Yeah, because they're night fishing, so they're going to should slaughter them with a bluegill anyway, you would yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything more about the rules and regulations? Yeah, I got one here. Actually, uh, since licenses have been established, they have collected over $20 Twenty billion dollars for land and refuge, refuge exceeding sixteen billion in the top end in two thousand eighteen alone. Wow! Yeah. So it's and what was that through? You said that's just license sales since they've started. Wow! Has generated twenty billion dollars. That's insane. Yep. And uh, actually, I got since we're kind of on Dove and stuff. We got Duck Stamp was actually started in nineteen thirty five, and that actually started. Cost only cost a dollar now. It's up to twenty five bucks. Well, I so, wish it was still a dollar. Yeah, but still twenty five bucks isn't bad. That's actually created uh, seven hundred fifty million dollars, and you use for wildlife refuges. So that's almost ninety eight ninety eight cents on a dollar since it's been sold. Dang. Yeah. So yeah. I, not a bad deal. Spend a lot of money on hunting every year. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like you always need. Need something new or something a little better, you know, live and learn. Lose stuff. Lose stuff. Leave. Yeah. That's the worst thing about camel. You said it down. <laughs> kind of hard to find back. <laughs> yeah. Or tears walking through the Mallflower Rose and all that good stuff, you know. Mallflower Rose. Yeah. Did you have anything on that? Uh, actually, I know. Yeah. Well, I know just a little bit about it and re- really research it. It was actually brought over here instead of using man-made fences it was actually supposed to be uh, a natural fence for cattle it terrible idea terrible well they didn't know it was going to be an yeah. invasive species you know birds eat the seeds and poop them out and they're just everywhere a lot of timber around here has just been taken over it was a great idea at first but i mean it did create a lot of habitat for a lot of animals oh absolutely especially rabbits you know but a small game a lot cooler to not have it yeah i agree <laughs> timbers be a lot a lot clearer than what they are now yeah but like i said Big bucks like that stuff. Big bucks like that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of Teddy Roosevelt there, earlier, uh, just kind of show what kind of sportsman he was. He was on his first uh, uh, bear hunt down in Mississippi, and uh, he was actually hunting with kind of a famous hunter, Holt Coyer. Um, they were out... Uh, Holt's dogs were out chasing a bear. Well, the bear ended up getting turned around on his dogs, and his favorite dog was getting attacked and actually got killed by it. So Holt Coyer went up, and it was, like they said, it was like a 150-pound black bear. Actually went up with the butt of his gun, hit it so hard it kind of knocked him kind of loopy. Well, he uh, tied the bear up and called Theodore Roosevelt over just to shoot it, and it was tied up. He's like, no, we, we can't, you can't do that. It's, super unsportsmanlike so they let him go and they went on to another bear and that's kind of the story on how the teddy bear actually got started as well so what do you mean uh it got passed around the story got passed around and uh there was a toy maker that asked him if he could start with just from that story make a bear and name it after him <laughs> that's since he, neat since he kind of saved the bear yeah so that just kind of shows what kind of sportsman he is and how he hunted so you know i say it a lot when i'm talking to people especially people that don't hunt you know they 
I've actually been in conversations with people or, oh, you're a terrible person for hunting. You, you, you know, you hate animals and this and that. It's actually the opposite. I love animals. Absolutely. I love the wildlife. Yep. There's nothing. They like just it. taste good. Oh, yeah. sorry. And it's way better for you than anything you're going to get at the store. Oh, anyway. Absolutely. I so see much that, higher in I protein. I see that picture and... all the time. That's, uh, uh, always says I'd rather find a hair in my deer meat that I, from an animal that I took. Yep. Comparative to going the to store. a fast food restaurant. Yep. And, absolutely. Or something like that. Yep. At least you know where that animal came from. But either way, I was going to say, uh, I feel like hunters, for the most part, not I can't speak for everybody, but I feel like every single, sorry, not every single, but most hunters truly care about yep. the outdoors more than your average person. Absolutely. And they don't realize that without hunters, we wouldn't have the wildlife populations that we have today. Be like so, Teddy said. Yeah, there would be so many more animals extinct. and Yeah, I, People just, especially the people that live in the cities, they don't understand. They don't understand a, a lifestyle. Yeah. And if they, they would actually get out and see and not not read all the negative stuff online from people that don't know, yeah, they would maybe even you know just realize what we do. Yeah. If you don't know, look into it a little deeper. Don't Absolutely. Just, go talk to a hunter. Go talk to a game warden or conservationist. You know, learn. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely changed people's you know, the way they see things. Sure. God, I can't remember where we were at when I was talking with that guy, but kind of just like we were just saying, and you know, he was kind of telling me that he didn't agree with me hunting and yada, yada, yada. And I told him that it's none of his business that I'm a hunter, but right. since we were on it, we got into the conversation and, uh, I ended up bringing up a few good points. Like we just said that we care more. Yep. And, uh, it, he actually ended up, kind of agreeing with me in the end of things sure so it's a good thing i don't know if he ever became a hunter i doubt it be a lot cooler if he did right <laughs> um but yeah i don't really have a whole lot more about the rules and regulations um, oh you I'll asked me the other day when we were out dove hunting What's on bird identification yeah yep you know as they're flying by yeah we're calling out birds as they're going by and Wes, Wes goes to me, he's like, man, he's like, what about duck hunting? He's like, how much harder is it doing that? Sometimes it's pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the greatest identif uh, identifier when it comes to duck hunting. I probably should research a little more and study sure. them a little harder. And sometimes they come flying in so damn fast. It's like, I don't even know what the hell that was. <laughs> no, well, I didn't like at a. Mach three, you know, yeah, literally. Yeah. They sound like little baby jets. Yeah, I love that sound. Yeah. Oh, and that's coming up real soon. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna actually go out with you the first time this year. You know, I, I'm excited about it. Not excited to wade through a bunch of water, but I'm ready know. to watch you fall. Yeah. It, oh, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely getting a waiter full of water. Oh, dude, that is. Oh my God, is that terrible? Yeah, it's gonna. I was suck. out. I'll tough it out, but I was beaver trapping a couple of years ago down at uh Deppie's there mm -hmm. and uh, i was wading through the water and it was deep yeah you know they make the they make the creek beds pretty slick and i was walking through and my daughter was standing on the shoreline and she's young yep. and i just tell her you know stay away from the water just stand over there and i was 
going to grab a 330 that I had submerged. Yeah. Like they have to be. Yeah. They have to be underwater. You yep. cannot set a 330 on land. You can't set it out of the water at all. And uh, I was going to check it and I stepped and there was kind of like this little, how do I explain it? It was like a drop off. Sure. Well, didn't see it or what? No, I mean, the water's murky. Yeah. And uh, I stepped and I slipped down. And mind you, there is snow on the ground at this time. Yeah. There was ice on the edges of the banks. <laughs> Probably not very thick either. It was either. cold. Yeah. Uh, no, it was real thin ice. And uh, I stepped and I slipped on it and I went forward and just rushed in. Oof. Whew, I cannot you tell up. you. Oh, it gave me the worst <laughs> headache. Yeah, I believe that. I don't know why. I think it's just because of basal restriction. Sure. But it gave me a terrible headache for the rest of that day. Probably just shocked your body. And well, Lillian laughed. Oh, I'm like, I'm glad you got a laugh out I'm of it. I'm glad she laughed at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hopped up onto the four-wheeler and threw her up on there with me and grabbed my, I had a, I actually caught, I think it was two beaver that, that morning. Yeah. Called my dad on the phone. I worked for my father and uh, called him on the phone. I said, hey, I'll be there, but I need to go take a freaking warm shower real quick yeah. and get changed because I had my work clothes on underneath my waders. Oh, I tell you went out before work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I have to. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, gotta, I always check my trap. People say, well, you only need to check them once a day. I check mine twice a day. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I don't want an animal sitting there in a trap. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, I mean, it is part of the thing, you know, part of it. Yeah. Sometimes they get in there. I mean, you could leave and they step right in it. Well, right. At least you're coming back that night to right. just drive by it at least or yep. walk by. So what do you do with your Palestinian? You sell them or? Um, yeah, usually I sell them. Uh, I've been thinking about making, uh, I want to start out of the, especially out of the beaver, I want to make placemats. Oh, that'd be neat. You know, for a, for your supper, your sure. dinner table or whatever. Right. Oh, I want to make placemats. I want to start making furniture and stuff like that sure. with them. Uh, and then I want to make a coon blanket. Oh, that'd be, that'd be warm. That'd be yeah. nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll go ahead. Well, and you know, people are like, Oh, I've had people ask me, Oh, aren't you worried about fleas? No, there's oh. not going to be anything. It's going to be soaked for days. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> for that, we have the salted and all that stuff. Yeah. Tan yep. it and all that. Yeah, You got to tan it, soften them. Yep. Really got to yeah. work them to make them nice. Right. But it's, I don't know. I feel like it'd be a good idea. Yeah. Speaking of like fur and stuff, people don't like fur clothing because they say it's inhumane, but you know what? That fake fur that they use is going to be around a lot longer after you throw it away and let, instead of just buying something that has real fur, at least if you throw that away, you lose it. It breaks down that plastic imitation fur. It's going to take, a lot of the years for that to even break down again. So it's just better for the environment. Right. And ever since, uh, <clears throat> ever since they stopped using animal furs, uh, especially here where we live. Wow. Has the coon population exploded? Yeah. That actually this year, didn't they establish this year here in Iowa? You can hunt coon year round now. Can't you on private property, on yeah. private property. Yep. Yeah. Same thing as coyote hunting you around. I'm pretty. Is that still on private property as well? No, or? you can hunt. You can hunt coyote in uh, anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I'd go to private property when I do it. Right, right. Um, I just had a thought in my head. Oh, uh, I also noticed with the coon. Uh, I drive around a lot. Mm -hmm. I like driving. There's nothing better to do than drive around. Yeah, <laughs> drive around, look for wildlife. Yep, I do it all the time, and uh, I noticed. I've had a lot of coon uh, 
what is that distemper? I think it's called. Yeah. I actually wanted to get a hold of the DNR and ask them if they wanted, you know, calls on it because I, I bet you, I think you're supposed to like with deer and stuff you see deer with it. Yeah. You're supposed to call them so they can eliminate them. Oh, just try to keep the spread to a minimum, to a minimum. Yeah. I mean, the wild, especially with like chronic waste disease and stuff like that. The world's going to take care of itself. Exactly. And we have a huge uprise in coon population. A lot of skunks, too. Yeah, I've been noticing that a lot lately. I've been I mean, seeing a lot of dead skunk on the road. And Oh, I caught my first skunk this year. Woof. That is <laughs> disgusting. The smell when you drive by in a car or you're from a distance, not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. I'm telling you, it smelled like burnt rubber burnt disgusting garlic <laughs> i mean it was pungent yeah i was driving down the road i was checking my traps and i always carry a 22 rifle with me pretty much all the time yep. especially when it's hunting season yep and uh or a shotgun i like to I like to ditch ditch hunt yep and uh i uh was driving by it i look over i'm like oh boy I'm like this is gonna be a good time that was the first one yep another and one i caught two of them well, three of them in the same day. Oy, that's rough. It was a rough day. At least you didn't get sprayed. Nope, nope. I went up the went up the ditch line a little ways and made sure I had a good shooting lane and yep. plugged it from a distance. Sure. Yeah, I didn't want to. I don't want to take yeah. the chances. I don't blame you. Yeah, that I couldn't believe how fast those things can dig. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They got huge claws. No kidding. Yeah, I guess I never never seen one up close. Yeah, I try to stay Don't away from skunks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I oh, the cows were freaking out. Yeah, I don't know why they were freaking out, but like it sprayed. It yeah, it sprayed actually before I got there, and I was just talking to the farmer the other day. I asked him for permission again, and uh, I I said to him like, yeah, I was like, I caught that skunk there. I was like, sorry. He goes, nope, nope. He's like, you didn't know it was gonna happen. He goes, I don't blame you for getting out of there too. He's like, I seen <laughs> that you pulled all your traps. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I didn't want to be yeah. around. I kind of figured it just kind of ruined it. Yep. Go home, reset. Mm-hmm. Did you just go home, reset after that, or what? What do you mean? Just take day off from trapping? No. No? No. I didn't think so. No days off. <laughs> no days off. No, my daughter loves it. Does oh, she? man. Yeah. She, That's I, awesome. I can't believe how much she loves it. That's good. She, she loves coon hunting. Pass the tradition on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there isn't too many people out there that trap anymore. No. I mean, in our area, there's quite a few. Yeah. I live next to, or not next to, but a guy that lives down the road from me. Those guys really trap. Do they? Festus and uh, oh, yeah. the other guy's name. I don't remember. But yeah, those guys, yeah. they they really put a hurting on them coon. Yeah. And well, they, what? I want to say it's not like back in the, what, for, or the trapping boom when you can actually make a living off of it. I remember when I was in high school, you could get like, I think, think the most we ever got out of them. This is, this is only scun. Yeah. We didn't stretch it, flesh it, nothing. Right. This is only scun. I think we got like $35 for this one coon. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, when we after we uh after we scun her out, we laid her on the hood of this John Deere lawnmower. Mm-hmm. It was like a X735 or something like that. Sure. I don't remember. It was a big diesel one. Yeah. Her head, so her where we cut from the legs yeah. up. So from the bottom of her cape 
all the way to the tip of her nose. Her nose hung off the end of the lawnmower hood. Dang. Was hanging down, almost touching the John Deere symbol. And her body was hanging over the sides of the hood. I mean, this is a big hood. That's a big boar, too. And holy cow. She was huge. Dang. Um, We got, I think, $30 or $35 out of her. And that was the most I had ever received for that. Sure. I mean, hell, when I was in high school, that's how we got mm, pop money. Gas money. Yeah. We got beer money that way. Yeah. Ain't yeah. gonna lie. <laughs> and uh, that's how we used to get beer money, though. Yeah. We, we go out trapping. And that's, weirdly, yeah. that's kind of what got me into trapping. Sure. I mean, nobody ever taught me anything about it. <laughs> I used to. Self-taught. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Ooh. So, since we were, this is a rules and regulations episode, I had a little run in with the DNR when I was younger. Oh, boy. How'd that go? Good. In yeah. my favor. Thankfully. Good. I, Good. He could have given me a ticket. I sure. messed up. So the show, you know, people always make mistakes and what you come from and yep. what you learn from. Yep. So I used to live down by Spruce Harbor there, yep. down by the river. Well, they had that campground there. Yeah. So I used to walk from where I lived at in Spruce mm-hmm. yep. with a twenty two rifle. Hey, <laughs> I was like 10. Yeah. My dad trusted me. Yep. You know, I was, I was a trustworthy kid especially with a firearm yep uh i had a bucket full of bait traps setting you know trap setters because yep. i wasn't quite strong enough back then to set a 220 by hand right and uh i was mainly trapped for muskrat though sure so i didn't really have too many 220s yeah i had a bunch of 110s anyways it doesn't matter i'd walk from there down to the campground well i wasn't trapping technically in the campground sure i was more towards uh what's his name is it junior there sure it doesn't Not matter, sure. but I was anyway. trapping towards the road more. Right. So you know how I'm saying here, you kind of go over yep. that, you go down into there, down yep. to that hill, and then you go across that bridge. Yep. Well, I was trapping under that bridge. Oh, like up then, by the train bridge there? And then over towards the train bridge. Right. Well, how, I don't know. I, I was, you know, like I said, I'd walk all the way down there. Right. Check my traps. I think I caught one muskrat my sure. whole time trapping there, but I learned. You're getting out. Yep. And, uh, but uh, the DNR had seen a trap. Picked him up, pulled all my traps, sure, and uh, at, came to my house because you know you got to put your tag with your name and your license or your address or your number, right? And uh, came to the house. I think he called my dad because I had my dad's number on there. I didn't have a cell phone then, right? And uh, he took the traps to my house, called my dad. My dad picked me up from school, took me home, and a guy was sitting there waiting for me, and. Uh, he goes, I just want to let you know that you're not supposed to trap where you're trapping. He goes, sure. there's a, there's a sign. I mean, there's probably 10,000 words on this sign. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. This is like a, a 12 by nine sign. Super small print. Oh man. If, if I was 90 years old, I wouldn't be able to read it. Yeah. But either way, it said on there, no hunting or trapping on the sign. I didn't know. Yep. You know, young, didn't feel like reading it probably. I still don't feel like, <laughs> but, uh, no, he, he came down, taught me a lesson, That's said, good. Hey, I'm not going to give you a ticket. I just want to let you know. He, and he said the same thing. He's like, I'm just happy to see you're out track. Right. You know, he was, he was excited about it. That's good. About that part. Right. But he just wanted to let me know, Hey, can't do that there. Sure. And then I went to go down the creek a little further. I'm not going to say this guy's name, but he is older than me. Sure. And I've had troubles with him in the past recently sure and uh but i was out trapping there 
I'm freaking 10 years old. I'm walking from my house. Like, what is that? Probably a mile and a half. Oh, at least. Yeah. A good mile and a half. Every single morning before school, I'd get up at five 30 and I'd go walk and check my traps. Yep. And this guy, you know, I had permission from the farmer. Sure. Well, they went out there cause they had permission as well. And he, he, he didn't make me, but I was 10. He was like probably, I don't know, 19 sure. at the time. He's like, Hey, he's like, you need to get down here and pull your traps. If I was now, I'd say, yeah, how about no? Yeah. But back then I went down, I walked all the way down yep. there, pulled the traps. Yep. Just trying to bully his way into the area pretty much. Yeah. I was yeah. 10. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. yeah well, at least, let a kid go. The worst you could, at least you could do is just help a guy, help out. a guy out at least. Yeah. What, That's, what? That can be discouraging too. You know, it was. Yeah. And then I didn't trap again until I was probably about. 15 or 16 sure when i started hanging out with chris and michael a lot and yeah we trapped quite a bit yeah well i didn't realize this episode was going to go this way that's kind of <laughs> nice yeah but uh i don't know you ever have any runs run-ins with the game warden uh i've had two they're good experiences just out deer hunting public lands my dad and i and game warden pulled up and pretty much just asked hunting Hunting license, you know, tags, see everything, ask how we were doing, pulled everything out, gave it to him, and both times has actually lost some hunting hours because sit there and talk to him for, you know, a good hour and a half, two hours, and he'll get a call. He's like, all right, guys, got to go, you know. He, he's pretty decent. We got stopped one time. Uh, I used to hunt in a pretty big group, like I said, in that yep. uh, whitetail episode that we had. Uh the game warden stopped uh, us in a drive twice. Same one. Same, same, same game warden. Same drive. Same drive. <laughs> he uh, he came up the road, and all of our blockers were out in the field already. Right. And uh, they said that he drove by really slow, and then he sped way up. Yep. And uh, he ended up stopping us as the drivers. Yeah. As we were starting to hop the fence and go up into the field, and he stopped us and checked everybody. Everybody was good. Yeah. I mean, there was no no yep. issues but then we did the drive yep. the the blocker said that he sat there and watched us the whole time and i'll then, just make sure everything was kosher must have i don't know yeah. and then they got to the we got to the end walked back up there and he checked everybody's licenses again <laughs> i think we ended up getting a couple deer off of that one and yeah i, mean, I remember i don't really remember a whole lot i just sure. remember him stopping us and uh he checked our couple of our deer that we killed yeah i don't know what he was looking at but he was just looking over them yeah probably make sure you had your transportation tag and all oh, that good on point there. yeah yeah i never even thought of that yep gotta have that on there before you even start dragging a deer so mm-hmm. but but I yeah i you know it's a, a weird well, i guess it's really not weird uh rule you know you could basically set a foot trap anywhere really uh-huh a foothold trap you can damn near set it next to somebody's well and set it next to somebody's mailbox. Really? Yeah. Huh. Is it just too small for anything to get in besides what you're trapping or what? Oh, no. Oh. No. You can, you can catch a dog. Really? But a dog would probably be able to pull its hand out. Yeah. Or fall. Something like that. I mean, <laughs> I... <laughs> sometimes trapping, bad things happen. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, them little ditch kitties... Sometimes yeah. they find their way into a 220. Yeah. I usually don't set 220. I don't usually set snares or 220s in ditch lines, so I usually yeah. set 
foot traps. Yeah. I just can't find myself to accidentally catch somebody's dog in a yeah, snare I'd, or something. I'd feel terrible for that. Yeah. That's yeah. Like I usually, when yeah. I do it, I usually go to a private property sure. and I set snares in 220s then. Yeah. Say 220 is probably big enough to snap your leg, isn't it? No. No, not, not quite. No. No. Just, just enough to. It hurts. Oh, I'm sure. I've caught my hands a few times. Yeah. Oh, man, that is the worst feeling I ever. Bet. When you get a freaking 220 to snap on your hand. Yep. And you're the only one there. And you're like, well, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> that would suck. I mean, I've heard stories of brand new 220s breaking people's hands and stuff like that. Sure, because they're not quite, like, broken yet and wore out or. Yeah, they're just not wore out. Yeah. The springs still have a ton of pressure. Right, right. And uh, I've never had it happen. I've never broke my hand. Yeah. 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 330s are what scare me. Yeah. Those ones will, yeah, those will put a hurting on you. Yeah. I mean, they kill beaver, so. Yeah. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Hard no. Huh? Hard no. Hard no. I'll stick with the gun, huh? Yeah. Hey, you got to try it. You got to come with me trapping this year, just for a little bit. Sure. Usually once the ground freezes, that's when I'm done, though. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a. Cleaning a lot of snow off of everything all the time, and that'd be a pain. It can be, yeah. yeah. Or your traps freeze into the ground, and this and that, and yep. yada yada yada. Yep. I mean, still fun. Oh yeah, but eh, usually about that time of year, that's when I'm out on the out on the ice, ice fishing, dropping your cell phone down holes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <I went there. laughs> yeah, I've got a cell phone, so I've got a own personal pond. It's a decent sized one in my backyard. It's probably about an acre, and uh, but about, about about an acre, fourteen to sixteen foot deep, roughly. And, yeah. And uh, buddy of mine, the one that I want to come on for the uh, uh, bird episode. Yeah. With a dog, and uh, me, him, him, his friend Jared, and myself were out there. And this is stupid, but we were messing around throwing fish in each other's uh, hole. Or, <laughs> fishing out of and and uh i think jared or colton did it to me or jared and then i caught a fish and i had my cell phone in my in my pouch of my sweatshirt and i stood up leaned over dropped the fish in his hole and my cell phone smacked the ice i looked down it lit up and it went down into the water and i watched it go the entire way (laughs) we called it for like three hours until it finally died that's awesome yeah that's funny yeah it was stupid (laughs) <laughs> um well i guess i just want to kind of touch on one more thing here the BL, blm the bureau of land management uh they do they do some pretty good work they're established in uh 1946 actually by president truman um they they manage about 245 million acres now so 245 million acres yep. and most of them is are in like California, Montana, uh, where else? Alaska, a couple other states I can't remember, but yeah, they also let, you know, like home setters, they got 18 million, uh, permits and leases stock for, for livestock for like grazing. That's at least some 155 million acres for that. So what was that with the Bureau of Land Management? What is, what is it exactly that they do? Uh, they land it, manage like public hunting and stuff like that. It was basically, they bought up land that nobody wanted, and they turned it into public hunting. So, big rocky areas, right. stuff like that, that. Big plains nobody really wants. And but they're really only good for 
you know, grazing animals and right. stuff like that. Yep, yep. Interesting. Yep. I guess I never even heard about them. When I was doing my research, I didn't even find yep. them at all. Yep. No, they, they do good stuff. And it's all uh, non-profit, too, so. Oh, I love that. Yep, yep. But also, I got a little bit on the Booting Crockett Club again. Uh, they were established on December 21st, 1887. Um, they actually, uh, stopped. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had a brain fart there, guys. Sorry. But they eliminated a lot of commercial and market hunting due to, you know, population decline and stuff like that. Interesting. So, yeah. Um, actually, Boone and Crockett Club led to uh, National Park and Forest Services, National Wildlife Refuge, Refuge Systems as well. Interesting. Yep. So, that was a good thing. It was actually established by Teddy Roosevelt again and George Grinnell. It was obviously named after, you know, uh, Genia Boone and Davy Crockett, right, so, right. which were two big famous hunters back in 1800s. That's really cool. Yep. But, no, there's a lot of good things out there. But that helped. So hopefully they can keep going through the years to come. You know, I was just sitting here thinking, I should have wrote it down. I don't know why I didn't. A lot of these clubs, like the Ducks Unlimited and right, Whitetails Unlimited, Forever, yeah, yep. those those clubs, are Rocky awesome Mountain too. Elk Foundation. Oh yeah, the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Didn't we go to one of their? Uh, yeah, I we went to that two years ago. My mom, dad, and I went to one this year, and it's it's pretty decent. Yeah, a lot of a lot of gun giveaways and raffles and stuff, and all that goes to you know help preserve elk population and refuges for them. Yeah, and uh, maybe eventually here we might end up talking about elk so if any of the listeners here would like to get involved with the podcast at all you know if you're uh as uh i was talking to uh uh orman um, wade yeah wade the other day he brought up a good point of getting some you know underground guys as he called it sure so if anybody would like to get on here that's elk hunted would love know, to have you yeah talk uh, about it i was thinking about uh Maybe the, what's that, Pey- Peyton is his name, that does the, uh, that did elk hunting, or does it? Don't know. I was thinking about getting him. I think yeah. he helps out with Gator Outdoors. Oh, okay. I was thinking about getting him on here, or sure. see if he'd like to come on and yeah. talk about his adventures there. Yeah. I'm hopefully going out with uh, one of my friend's wife's, uh, her dad and his son go out every year to Colorado, so next September, hopefully, if all go as well i'm gonna go out bow hunting with them out to colorado that'd be cool yeah yeah they really they, cool. they go up he didn't say where because they kind of found a nice public spot that's i think he said it's seven miles in they either depends on the year he said they either horseback in and camp for five days or they walk the whole way in i know so, you ain't walking i'll be all right you'd be huffing and puffing the whole way oh yeah oh he says they do they're, they're hunting at 11 5 so eleven thousand five hundred feet in the mountains wow yeah yeah like yesterday i felt like we were walking eleven thousand five hundred feet up that yep. hill was killing me like, carrying yeah. all that it's carrying the ammo bag <laughs> yeah yeah we probably had too much but hey you never know hey man 
I'd rather, be have, prepared. I'd rather have 200 rounds than not enough. Yep, exactly. That's about what I had. Yep. <laughs> hey, man. Yep. I told you I'm a bad shot sometimes. Yeah, you know what happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, we found some golden oyster mushrooms out there, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. You done any of those yet? No, I was too busy yesterday. Yeah. Probably yeah. a little too busy today, too. Yeah. I should uh, go cut them up and re- uh, put them in freezer bags. Yeah, yeah. Should do that. Yep. Maybe give you some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be so bad. Maybe that's another idea we could have is uh, talk about foraging. Ooh, yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot of wild mushrooms out there you can eat. Yes, there is. I actually want to do that class. So there's a eight hour course that you can take. Yep. To where you could sell the mushrooms. Yeah, they started that what around five years ago or so. Cause you used to be no able idea. to used to not have to have a license, but now you got to have a license to sell yeah. mushrooms. Just because I'm assuming government. Yeah, the government and maybe people are picking the wrong ones and selling them and people are getting sick. That's just an assumption, though. <laughs> It'd be a terrible time. Yeah. Well, especially with morales because you got the false morales that'll make you sick as well. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, no, I just wanted to do that so I could get better at uh, identifying mushrooms. Yeah. Because I'm not sure how many. I want to say probably around a dozen mushrooms you can eat in there, close to that. I don't know. I'm just don't Probably know. more than that. I mean, the only ones I really know about is like lion's mane, puff balls, yep. which I don't think that's their actual name, but yeah, but they can actually, after they start turning, they turn poisonous as well. You yeah. got to get them. Yep. Yep. You got to get them when they're white. Yep. Pheasant backs. Pheasant. Ooh, I love pheasant back. Yep. I love when we're out turkey hunting and I find that. Yep. Yep. Tastes like watermelon. Mm. It's an interesting way to look at it. Yep. Well, they smell like watermelon, I guess. That's another interesting way to look at it. Yep. 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 I don't even know. I guess. I'll have to pay attention next time I can find one. Um, them and morales and yep. uh, golden oysters. and yep. There's there's many more, but I don't know them all. Yeah. Uh, but that's why I want to get, that's yeah. why I want to do that course. That yeah. way I can learn. There's wild shiitake around here too. Shiitake mushrooms. Yeah. Holy shiitake. Holy shiitake. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up now. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we can. Also, spin around to this. I didn't quite touch on everything, but we could probably turn this into a four-hour podcast. But you know, yeah. Well, probably do some more research on things too. Absolutely, you know. But. Well, everybody, let us know how you what you thought about this one. Let uh, anybody let us know if you know of somebody that would like to get on the podcast and talk about. You know, we were we were actually discussing this the other day, um, doing state record bucks and stuff like that yeah um if anybody'd like to come on and talk about your state record doesn't yeah. matter what state you're from yeah uh we'd like to talk to you we'd yeah. like to have you on here so absolutely if anybody knows anybody anybody listening has one let us know get a hold of us um give us some reviews some feedback on facebook instagram louise hunting strategies uh i think that's about it huh yeah all right well, thumbs are up well, stay safe enjoy the hunt Know the outdoors.